Just remember the truth of Jesus' love When all is said and done When all is said and That was singer and songwriter Ray Agnew, who's my guest today on The Upbeat. Today's episode is one of a two-part series on the healing power of music. Ray, in addition to being a singer and songwriter, is the vice president for hospital and community engagement at Glens Falls Hospital here in upstate New York. Ray, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Ray lives and works in the Adirondacks in upstate New York and is a graduate of the renowned Crane School of Music. Ray's music, which has been described as Dan Fogelberg meets the Moody Blues, has been heard from the 1980 Olympic Winter Games to television and radio commercials, and he graciously played a song at my wife Kelly's funeral, and we'll hear that song a little bit later on. Ray, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The title of this podcast is The Healing Power of Music. How is music healing to you? To me personally, it's healing just by hearing beautiful music. Um, So it could be, and I have very eclectic taste, it could be Beethoven, it could be U2, Um, it could be Bruce Springsteen, it could be Dan Fogelberg or the Moody Blues. Um, Music touches people in different ways, um, but one thing that I've noticed is that Music is something that is absolutely universal. Um, When you think about how it is uh, used across cultures, um, it is an incredibly powerful thing. What drew you to it? What drew you to music? Um, Probably my dad. He was a Dixieland jazz trombonist, a very, very good one. Um, Played while I was in the Navy also, although he was an electronics engineer primarily, but he played in in a Navy jazz band. Um, so you I've, come by this sort of dual career naturally then. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, um, uh, I played trombone also. Um, uh, when I was at Crane, I was a composition major, but I played trombone in the jazz ensemble there and in the band. Do you still play the trombone? You know, I take it out every once in a while, um, but I'm mainly using keys and guitar now. The funny thing is, I'm a much better trombone player than I am a guitar player or a piano player. So Is that right? <laughs> yeah. But you don't play very often. No, no, because it's hard to write music using a wind instrument, right? When you're, when you're playing one note at a time and it's in your mouth. That's hard, yeah. Whereas if you sit here, you've got chords and sounds and things that are filling your head up that can inspire you in different ways, more so than brass, at least for me. Got it. So music is said to help reduce stress and anxiety and to positively boost one's mood. In fact, you you mentioned that. Um, Can you relate music to your own personal experiences in a way that it has helped reduce your own stress? Absolutely. Um, My mom died when I was fairly young. I was 19 years old. Um, Her favorite song was Send in the Clowns by Stephen Sondheim. And um, at first, um, much like my dreams about my mom uh, when she passed away, at first when I would hear Send in the Clowns, I would either turn it off or just become incredibly emotional. 
So you couldn't listen to it. It I was too painful. To and my, uh, my dreams about my mom were always of her being ill. And then uh, uh, one time I had a dream about her and she was healthy and walking on a beach. And Send in the Clowns was playing. And so now when I hear Send in the Clowns, I may still tear up a little I bit. still may get a tear, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So you, your mom passed when you were 19. Yes. Had she been sick for a long time before that? She had metastatic breast cancer. Which uh, listeners of this podcast know uh, the namesake of Kelly's Angels yes. passed away from metastatic breast cancer, yes. my late wife, Kelly Mulholland. So she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. You still think about her often. And you All think the time. about her in particular as it relates to, to that song, certainly. I do, yep. And she's the one that got me into classical music because she loved classical music. Did that song play at her funeral? No, it didn't um, because this was the uh, mid-70s. At, at a time when music had to be very traditional, right? It had to be very traditionally religious at, right. a, at a religious service, That's right. correct? And my, uh, my aunt, my dad's sister, um, was the organist at the at the church. Um, and so uh, another of her favorites um, we played, which is Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace is beautiful as well. Uh, do you play that? I do. do you, can you play a little of Amazing sure. Grace? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Beautiful, and I think we can all relate to that because we, we think of those times in our lives when we've heard it and it has moved us. You at your mom's funeral. Um, does it still bring you there? Does, is, yeah. is music that powerful that it was, how many years ago you lost your mom? 1977. So 35 years, 45 yeah. years now? 45, yeah. And does it still take you to that place when you, when you hear that song, whether you're performing it or not? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, you know, our senses are amazing things. Um, think about how a sense of smell will take you yeah. back somewhere. So music has the same, the same effect on folks for sure. This is a podcast about perseverance, and we often hear that performers, musical performers, have to persevere, that there are a lot of rejections through the years. <laughs> have you experienced those as it relates to your music? I have tried to be a singer-songwriter for a very long time, and that's why I'm a hospital vice president. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I'll never stop uh, trying. At first, it was hard. Yeah, you know, back in the old days of literally sending tapes out and uh, trying to get a nibble. Somewhere. As a trombonist, looking for, what was, the, what was your goal when you, were, when you were playing the trombone at the Crane School of Music? What? Well, I, was, I started out um, as a music education major um, and switched to composition um, because I was young and thought that they'd be hiring composers, I guess, when I graduated. But um, uh, once I really concentrated on composition. Then it became songwriting and instrumental scoring for plays, because I minored in, in uh, dramatic arts, and so I wrote a lot of music for, for plays, incidental music for plays, thinking maybe someday it would become film scoring or something, sure. something like that. You, do you still aspire to that? Um, 
recently I worked with Maury Thompson. I think you know Maury. Sure, and he yeah. did a, he did a um, a documentary on the life of Charles Evans Hughes, and I wrote the incidental music and a theme song for that did you documentary. Enjoy oh, I had a blast. <laughs> when we think about what, what year did you graduate from college? 1980. Okay, so when we think back on our lives, there's usually some sort of soundtrack that naturally goes along with it. For me, graduating from high school, high school in the in the mid 80s, I think of songs like Jack and Diane that I often say, and I'll say to my kids, uh, "This is part of the soundtrack of my life." Hmm. What are the What are the songs which might be the soundtrack of your life? Sure, uh, songs like um, "Another Old Lang Syne" by Dan, Dan Fogelberg, um, "Nights in White Satin" by the Moody Blues, and I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band by the Moody Blues. And, uh, but I also really became uh, in love with R&B and funk in the 70s, and I've actually played in a band called Funk Incorporated. I played trombone and keyboards in a band called Funk Incorporated. And um, so anything by uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, um, so you do have, a, that, that's quite a range. Yeah, I like a, a lot of different kinds of music. Um, do you think of, uh, do you have, you, you mentioned uh, Send in the Clowns, uh, which, which is uh, very poignant to you because of your mom's love for the song. How about, are there times in your life where you can associate a very specific song to a very specific event? Oh boy. Weddings, funerals. Funerals and weddings, yeah, yeah. Um, well, because people know I was a songwriter, there's songs that I've written specifically for weddings. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, some of those come um, to mind. But in terms of uh, um, popular um, songs that people request at weddings, you know, to, uh, for the wedding ceremonies, um, when my friends were getting married, now um, I don't play too many weddings anymore, um, but one that was asked for all the time back in those days was a song called Longer by Dan Fogelberg. Longer than there've been fishes in the ocean Higher than any bird ever flew Longer than there've been stars up in the heavens I've been in love with you Yeah, it's a great song. And uh, tell me, how do you go about writing a song? How do you, it, what inspires you to write a song? Well, people, um, love, current events, um, stories. Um, you know, I recently wrote um, a piece of music uh, with, and I haven't collaborated a lot, but this was an awful lot of fun, with uh, a friend from high school that we, reconnected on Facebook a few years ago. And her nephew passed away from cystic fibrosis and she wrote a beautiful poem for him and um, that really fit him. He was into motorcycles and um, so that one, her words inspired me and, I, and I, 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 I heard some music in my head and sat down and hammered it out. What's it called? Heaven's Highway. Heaven's Highway. Yeah. You proud of it? I'm very proud of it. Can you play a little? Sure. Midnight black, silver chrome It's just like he remembered A little bit of home In this place so far away From all he held so dear 
raised a hand up to his face, brushed away a tear. He took a stroll around it, offered up his thanks. Then his fingers traced the purple rose painted on the tank. He swung a leg across it, settled in the seat. Kicked the engine over, heard that growl so sweet. Heaven's highway beckoned, he had to heed the call. Brave beyond measure, not afraid to fall. And though his breath had failed him, still he was standing tall. Heaven's highway beckoned, he had to heed the call. Heaven's Highway, beautiful. That's, that's about a young man who passed from cystic fibrosis. From cystic fibrosis, yeah. And when you, when you write these songs, when you perform these songs, do you think of him? Do you think of those things? I mean, you, we'll talk a little bit more about this, you performing or playing a, a poignant, beautiful tune at, at Kelly's funeral. But then when you go on and play these, do you think of those people? Do you think of Absolutely. Them? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's two things that pop into my head immediately when it's something like the one I just did. Um, the young man himself, and wanted to make him proud by singing it really well. <laughs> That's important, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're a performer, um, you, f you need to focus on that. Um, you're a newsman, you wanna make sure that you're accurate and also that you look great and you're getting the message across to people when you're on TV. It's, it's very similar as a performer. You wanna get that message across in the best way you possibly can. We're talking about the healing power of music. You're listening to The Upbeat, and we're joined by Ray Agnew. And we'll continue in just a moment. Support for Kelly's Angels comes from the New York State Police Investigators Association, which is the plainclothes detective branch of the New York State Police, with more than 1,000 investigators in its ranks. Learn more at nyspia.org. Sports Physical Therapy of New York, where care in motion is our commitment to go above and beyond, whether it's helping patients recover from pain or injury, creating a place where employees can flourish, or giving back to our communities. Learn more at sptny.com. And from Noble Ace Hardware in South Glens Falls, New York, which offers competitive pricing and high-quality products for just about anything you need. For more than 30 years, the team at Noble Ace has delivered on its promise to be the most helpful hardware store in town by providing excellent customer service that exceeds expectations and reflects family values during each and every visit. Now back to my dad's interview. We're talking about the power of music. Before we get back to my conversation with musician Ray Agnew, I wanted to check in with psychologist and parenting expert Dr. Randy Kale to get his thoughts on how music can affect children in particular. Do you believe in the healing power of music? Does, does music play a role at all in, in either um, the, the therapeutic aspect of music or uh, just the escape part of music? Do you, do you, personally, how do, you, how do you feel about music as, a, as playing a role in? I think music is like a tool that uh, can be used either way. If I'm caught in a, a sadness or anger and I find music that connects with that, 
uh, then it becomes a bit dangerous because I repeat that theme over and over and I cry to it and I cry to it and I cry to it. Um, uh, so that that's, the to me, the downside uh, because if you find somebody, a teenager or an adult who's angry or sad, and you ask them what they listen to, well, they listen to music that connects with that emotion. So the, uh, on the other hand, you know, the flip side of that would be there's a lot of music that can kind of transition us to a much better place that can be quite profound. And so in that sense, it's useful. And I'm often encouraging clients to listen to, you know, develop a playlist, uh, listen to music as well as to podcasts, and, you know, listen to, to content and music that inspires, that uplifts, that makes you feel better. And so in that sense, um, uh, I think music can be remarkably valuable and useful. Thanks to Dr. Randy Kale for providing his perspectives on this topic. Now let's get back to my discussion with musician, singer, and songwriter, Ray Agnew. Ray, you've been a great friend to me and a longtime supporter of Kelly's Angels, which is the organization behind this podcast. You've also been a great friend to many people here in the capital region of New York. Uh, you even gave a part of yourself to someone several years ago, and we'd be remiss not to talk about that, but you gave a kidney to a friend. I did. I did. Um, Donna Davidson-Smith, she was our um, patient experience representative at the hospital. Um, wonderful, wonderful woman. And um, she had a number of different health issues that culminated in her being an end-stage. Uh, renal failure? Yeah, renal failure. And when I heard about it, I just thought, well, I'll, I'll be tested. Um, not necessarily thinking, <laughs> sure, <laughs> but I'll be tested, and if it and it, as it turned out, I was the, the right match uh, for Donna, and, uh, you and did she's that, going strong. You, I know you personally. Our, our listeners don't know you uh, personally, presumably, but it doesn't surprise me that you did that. Did you surprise yourself at all? I. That's an interesting question, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> because when push comes to shove, we all like to think that we would do that for right. a friend, but that's quite a sacrifice. Right. I will tell you that it didn't take me long to decide when I heard that she was- That doesn't Daniel. surprise me. Yeah. Um, and she is doing well now? She's doing great, yeah. And tell me about uh, that experience. You were uh, in the hospital for probably a week and a half or so. Mm -hmm. uh, did you get to see her? You're in the same hospital. Did you get to see her? I did. Um, they had me up and walking right away. And um, a quick story, I um, walked into her room at one point and um, she had a package of Oreos on the bed and she was just chowing down <laughs> on them. <laughs> and I, I said, uh, you're hungry, huh? And she says, I don't get it. I used to hate Oreos. And I said, well, this is kind of interesting because they're my absolute favorite. <laughs> So not only did I give her a kidney, but I addicted her to Oreos. <laughs> you, you gave her your love for a snack. Right. As you know, Ray, Kelly's Angels helps families with children in New York's capital region who have lost a loved one to cancer or other illness who are currently battling life-threatening conditions. We help those people as well. Um, in fact, I should mention that I approached you... 15 years ago, uh, nearly 15 years ago now, with the idea for the 
organization because philanthropy is what you know well. In addition to music, you are uh, sort of the philanthropy guru in our area. So I approached you and said, we have this idea for Kelly's Angels. We want to help children who've lost a parent to cancer. And you were gracious enough to spend some time with me, meet with me, and you said you thought it was a no-brainer. And you were right. We've helped a lot of families, hundreds of families and children in the, in the capital region. When you sat down, when we sat down a decade and a half ago to discuss that, did you have any idea? That this was going to happen? Yes. Um, Mark, knowing you, I'm not surprised that it's done as well as it has. Um, it was such a loss for you and your family. Um, such a difficult thing, and she was such an amazing person. Um, so for you to step up the way you did um, didn't surprise me at all. Well, we, it, we've been fortunate in that lots of people like yourself have been so helpful to the cause. Our board, our communities have, have embraced the cause. And you told us at the time that that was likely to happen because I think as you related it was you get asked your advice about charities and philanthropies from time to time. And you said that when I told you that we want to help children who've lost a parent to cancer, I think you called it a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. I think, and and it turns out it has in fact been that that people can relate. We've all sure. we've all lost someone to to cancer, so we can all relate. And we've been quite fortunate, and we've been fortunate to have your support. So, what advice do you have? I mean, uh, music is such an important part of your life, and has helped you through, as you said, through some difficult times for yourself. What advice do you have for people who are might who might be grieving currently about how music can help them? I, I've been a student, obviously, of music my whole life as well. Um, there's no wrong way to, muse, to use music um, if you're grieving. Um, think about a New Orleans funeral parade. Um, think about um, the blues. Um, the blues are about sad things, but it isn't sad-sounding music. So... Um, Find something that you can cling to. That's what I would advise advise folks. And, you know, like I said, sometimes it's going to be hard. It took me a long time to listen and appreciate my mom's favorite song. A very long time. But it's helped you retain that it, connection. Absolutely, it. it has. And uh, if you can find that, like you said, you can grab onto it. That's, that's the thing to do. Well said. Music is often said to have a divine quality, and your music is very often rooted in your faith. Yes. How does your faith inspire your music? That is probably the easiest question to answer. Um, my belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and being able to talk about that, and being able to write music um, is one of the great joys of my life as a musician. Um, and um, the inspiration comes much more quickly. And I can actually sit down and say, okay, I wanna write something for the church today. And it will happen much more quickly than other forms of Without songwriting. hesitation, it comes right out. It comes pretty quickly, yes. It comes from yes. the heart and the brain. Exactly. Whereas um, most of my songwriting is waiting for a spark of some kind. Um, the spark of my faith is always there. 
Um, when Kelly passed away, you performed a song at her funeral that I will never forget, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. And it's one of those songs like Sending the Clowns to You that always moves me. And I think our listeners will be moved by it as well. Tell me about that song in particular. It's called All Is Said and Done. Yes, All Is Said and Done, uh, written by a, a wonderful um, Christian songwriter by the name of Jeff Moore. Um, if your listeners are looking for more of his music, he spells Jeff, uh, G-E-O-F-F, -F, and then more. Um, and they can find your performance of it as well. Absolutely, yeah. yep. Uh, on YouTube? On YouTube, yep, yep. Um, and uh, uh, he wrote this beautiful song called All Said and Done, which I've always loved. Um, I had the great good fortune to spend a little time in, in Nashville, um, and I played a short three-song set at a place called Rocket Town, which is Michael W. Smith's um, venue there. Michael W. Smith, for your listeners who know Christian music, they'll know that name right away. And uh, another Christian music personality, um, Billy Smiley, was in attendance and invited me to come back down and do a little work. And when I mentioned, you know, one of my favorite songs of all time is All Is Said and Done, he said, well, I know Jeff Moore. I produced, I produced that record. So <laughs> um, we made our own recording of it and uh, shot a video of it at, at uh, Christ Church United Methodist in Glens Falls. We're going to ask you to play a little bit of it, but tell me, remind me of the lyrics. Remind me of some of the lyrics. Yes. Um, when the music fades into the past, when my days of life are through, what will be remembered of where I've come when all is said and done. Isn't that really what it's all about? Absolutely. It's, you know, we often hear the, it's cliche, but we often hear the dash. The dash is the most important part of our lives. It's mm. the dash on the tombstone, which delineates between the time we were born to the time we died. But the yes. dash is when all is said and done. When all is said and done. Um, we're gonna close this episode with you performing all is said and done. And I think our listeners are in for a treat. I think they will be moved. And if, as they listen to it, they can think of perhaps their own place in life, their own legacies. And I'll be thinking, I know I'll be thinking about Kelly because uh, when you played it at her funeral in 2007, there wasn't a dry eye in the funeral in the church to begin with, but then that provided the uh, memorable uh, punctuation to um, that day and, and continues to for, for me and my family. So I want to thank you for joining us here tonight. I want to thank you for performing that. And I want to thank you for being such a friend of Kelly's Angels. What a great organization. Thank you very much.
that I was a faithful friend that I lived to tell of God's own son when all is said and done Coming up next on The Upbeat is the second and final part in our series on the healing power of music. I'll be talking with musician and songwriter Jeff Brisbane of Saratoga Springs, New York. Jeff will perform for us and share how music has been a source of strength and healing for him. Until next time, I'm Mark Mulholland. Take care and stay on The Upbeat. If you enjoy The Upbeat, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have topics you'd like us to cover on The Upbeat, please send your ideas to theupbeatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of the volunteer board of Kelly's Angels and the families we help who are facing life-threatening conditions, thank you for listening to The Upbeat. Nice job, McKenna Rose. Thanks, Dad. You too.